This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However... When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello. Croissant all, uh, just me this week. And as you can tell by the title, we had a chat with former Wrexham striker Craig Falconbridge. A, a really interesting discussion and I won't ramble on too much at the beginning of this podcast. Craig talks about various things, he, even a, a, a punch on the nose on a night out in, in Wrexham Town Centre. There was a time we went to Ayanapa with Steve Thomas and some of the other lads and living above a pub in Wrexham and that was just off the pitch. Uh, loads of stuff to, to talk about on the pitch and the manner of his exit which still sits with him and, and still troubles him you can tell from this chat now we'll be back with a normal podcast a regular chat with Rich soon but do enjoy this week's podcast it is a, a brilliant chat with former Exxon striker Craig Falconbridge from Flint to Philadelphia from Hollywell to Hollywood Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here, so here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose. Great dribble by Don Vose, and still Vose, he gets past the number, oh, what a goal! Don Vose, one of the goals of the season. He has toyed with the defence there, and that is remarkable. The Bull Boys getting involved. Jennings, the captain, Wrexham's top goal scorer, 13 for the season, 14, Wrexham lead, it's Wrexham 1, Chester now, it's McDonough for Wrexham, still Jerry McDonough, it's Matt Curley, McDonough around the keeper, Wrexham, Wrexham, to the lead leaders, if yesterday was a black Friday, but today is a red Saturday. Right, as we said then at the top of the show, Craig Falconbridge, more than 100 appearances for Wrexham. We don't get too many of those uh, these days, the revolving door more, more recently. But we're going back, taking us back, any new fans that are listening, go back and look at the footage for some of these years. Uh, bringing around the millennium, the Brian Flynn days. Craig, thanks for coming on. Firstly then, you moved to Wrexham. You know, you'd been up in Scotland. You'd obviously, mm-hmm. uh, you'd, you'd denied Celtic that leads out for a week or so. And, and that had got your name really spinning around. Yeah. And uh, I kind of sound like a Kylie Minogue song there, don't I? 
uh spinning around uh so you, you, your name's up there and then and then you get the move and, and you've impressed Fellini. i think you were at hall or did, did hall play against rex how did the move come about yeah so um i went i went to i went alone to hall from coventry um because so i came back from coventry and uh for whatever reason bounced around in the reserves at cov and, he, and i just thought you know what i think i'm better out going going and experience a bit of first team football so i went i went to hull and it was yeah blessing in disguise we played wrexham in the cup and um just had one of them games where i think i just did enough to to sort of prick his you know his his, his attention a bit um and the summer came and I I just left Cobb and went and went on trial. So he said he invited me down for the summer, um, and I just remember the first goal I scored. It was it was in Scotland. Um, uh, we, we went on tour up there, and I, I just remember I was it was it Scotland or, or I, it might have been might have been Ireland actually. It certainly wasn't in, in England, mm. and I just remember a, a ball dropped, hit it on the half volley, and I, I, I pinged it in the um, in the top corner. I think from there it just it just um, blossomed for me. It was quite nice. So you come in. What's Flinny like? Because again, that that loads of people are interested to know what he's like. He's he's quite a character. Did he have to make much of a pitch to you? Did he? You know, what was he like in those early days to get you to the club? Um, he was very welcoming. Very, um, he's very good with me. He, I, I, I wasn't his first choice. So when I came in, um, he he'd, he'd signed Low, Stevens. Um, I think Neil Roberts was was bashing around, you know, and um, I, I and Andy Morell was there as well. So there's four of four strikers there, and I'd come in really as like an auxiliary fifth striker and mm-hmm. um, young kid. I think, it was, I think it was like 19 at the time, and it like I say we had, we had a pre-season, and instantly when I got there, I just felt it just felt like home, you know. I, I um, I remember speaking to my mum and dad because they put me up in a in a little pub just down the road from the training ground, and a, you know, really sort of family round pub. And it was so nice there that yeah, everyone was like, "Oh, you know, you, you settled in well." There was no airs of graces. It was you got you got left alone. I think it was me and Kev, me, Kev, did, and then Paul. Um, I forget his surname from Newcastle, um, and. Uh, we 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 just hit we all all of us just hit it off. It was it was really nice. We all come in together. Uh, yeah, it was good. I, I said a, a, just a whirlwind in that in, in that first preseason. Like you say, when you when you hit a purple patch and you start scoring, it's that that starts to sort of start starts to work. The, the, the wheels turning. I think we played um, Blackburn in preseason, and I scored a couple against them. Um, and then I think the first game of that season, I was on the bench. I think he did start low and Stevens up front. A Blackpool, yeah, a at Blackpool, Blackpool and, yeah. and I come off the bench, come off the bench and scored. Yeah, and that was that was it. You know, I'd, I'd hit the ground running. I was I was buzzing. But safe coming back to the original, uh, Flinny was or uh, Gaffer as, as it was. Um, mm-hmm. He he's um, he commanded respect. You know, you, you knew what he'd, he'd done in the game. He was a real, real sort of big character. Um, he spoke and he had, he spoke with with calmness and assurance. He knew what he wanted, um, and he had um, he had the players. He had the players. He had all of them. You know, him and Kevin Reeves. Um, you know, it was you know there was a, there was a, there was a disgusting amount of respect there. It was brilliant. So you're you're a teenage lad, 19, 19 year old lad, twenty year old lad. 
living above a pub in Wrexham. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, there's the players have, have get banded about, and you know, there's always talks about these player houses where they get put together. That was was that a short term thing? Were you there for a long time? Well, How did you get on? Well, funny enough, um, it was I think it was an ex policeman that ran it, ran the pub because I get say get get chatting to him. Um, there's a Portuguese guy behind the bar, you know, really nice, really nice guy. Um, and like I say, the pictures and, and the memories of, you know, are still f- as fresh as they are today because it was a really like really good experience. So yeah, there's nothing about the experience that like. I think it was supposed to be just for pre-season. It rolled into the season, and then I was given a house um, to share with. Oh well, we, me, me and Stephen Thomas um, uh, got a house together. And then eventually we all ended up in the town centre in this little complex. Uh, there's about sort of seven, seven players, six, six or seven players in this complex behind like a gated, like an electric gate. Mm-hmm. It was, I think it was an old, old mill house. There was, um, I have to remind me what, what nightclubs were, there were two nightclubs in each of the windows. And you're like, oh my God, couldn't think of a worse environment to try and uh, prepare for games. But it just seemed, it just seemed to fit uh, with, 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 with the community aspects of it. It was great. So built built yeah. quite a good camaraderie because I know you, you said in, in in that in that preseason that you sort of knew that you had a good squad there and you were a young lad that was able to come in and 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 raise your game you know with all due respect to what you'd been before this was men's football now mm. and 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 you come in you, that Blackpool game I say we lost the game really disappointed but you've come on and scored fast forward was it two three games later four games later maybe we'll play Bristol Rovers at home mm. you're in a brace in front of the race yeah. course I mean. That was probably your second home game or something like that. What, what was that like? It's going a brace. You've won the game. We win two one, and it's all down to you, really. Yeah, I mean, crikey, that again, goal scorers are goal scorers, right? You know, everyone loves a goal scorer, but it, we we won that game as a team. You know, there was like, we, how I felt in that game, and I still got I still got the same feelings for it in, in in a lot of the games that we played. I mean, there was a game we played against Notts County, and. Um, I remember. Okay, we'll come. We'll, I'll come to that. Come back to that. But that game, yeah. So Bristol Rovers. It, it's that's still a really, really fantastic memory of a game where I remember both the goals. The fact the, the goal, the winning goal, was a, was a, um, a a long ball from Kev did and that cleared the back four. I've nudged um, uh, Andy Thompson, who's who was a centre half, who who ended up playing alongside at Wickham uh, when I, when I left left Wrexham, um, and I've nudged him, and as I've gone forward, I've just I've just just smashed it with my left foot. It went in the bottom corner, and that was the first. Again, it just it just reminded me of when you know you, you do score goals and important goals at that. But it's it, that 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 feeling of elation. You know you've done something important, um, and you don't quite know what to do with yourself. <laughs> so it's like a, oh my god, you know, sort of bit of euphoria, especially then, as a young kid. Yeah, I was gonna say you're you're a young kid in a you know you were one of the probably the names that. People probably weren't expecting much of at the, at the time. Like you say, you'd come in no airs and graces to, to your role in, in the team or your hierarchy where we thought you were. Mm. You, you, look, you look at that team, you've got, you know, Carl Connolly in there, Phil Hardy, Brian Carey, you know, re- really not Kevin Rooster Russell, you know, Steve Cooper, now Nottingham Forest manager, mm. was there for a bit that season. And and Darren Ferguson, who we, who we obviously know yeah. well and remember fondly. I mean, what was it like being in that changing room? You sort of introduced to men's football, sort of, you know, in England. You, you, you're surrounded by players that you know, a number of them had, had been in that team that would be Arsenal, what, 92? We're mm. sort of eight, nine years later. I mean, what, what was that experience like? I mean, they wouldn't have let you get away with much, I wouldn't have thought. No, and you know what? Um, it was, we were all, it was almost like a bubble. 
it was a it was a bubble, and that's that probably the best way. If you ask any footballer, if if you're in that bubble and that bubble's tight, it doesn't matter what happens outside of it. You you, you know that providing you do what you do within a game and and within that environment, you're all right. Like you say, the young kids are all we're we're seeing as the young kids are fresh, energetic. You know, need to be kept on leads a little bit, but let let you know let loose let loose within that context. The older ones, like you said, Brian Carey and. Um, uh, I his name. No, Mark. Phil Hart, Mark, yeah. um, Mark Jones, or uh, no, no, uh, it was a, it was a right back, Mark. He went, he went to, uh, to went Mark to McGregor. Mark McGregor, yeah, he went, he went yeah, to Burnley, didn't he? So you got Gabo, uh, Gazzo in in, in centre midfield, Gazzo, well. yeah. That, yeah, Danny Williams in there, um, Crikey, yeah. So just just within that environment, there was probably a nucleus of of, of probably half a dozen sort of teenagers to early 20s so myself Steve Thompson um, Steve, sorry it's not Steve, Steve Thompson Steve Thomas yeah. Danny Williams Steve Cooper um, uh, Little Gibbo um, Robin Gibson <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> um, and Michael Blackwood when he came in yeah, uh, yeah yes so yeah there was there was probably half a dozen of us um, and then we even though Andy Morell was a little bit older he still was in that our little group, um, and we just did everything together within that within that group. And I think the other the older ones, they were sort of living sort of Chester Manchester way, um, and they all sort of had their little group. But when we came together, you could you could see it was a real tie bond. I mean, in tra- training was training was was fierce. It was good, competitive. Yeah, there's a yeah a lot a lot of fun lot of fun memories. If someone did something, everyone did it. You know what I mean? So mm. if someone did a bit of extra running, everyone tried to get involved and. It was good. I, 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 like I say, really, really fond memories of that time. Did Did you get let off the leash much by kind of Reeves and, and Flinney in terms of outside of the games and your training? Were you able to to go out in, in the town and and kind of go out for you know have a bit of fun, let off some steam, or or was it was it quite strict at that point? I, I, you know, I imagine that the players at that time were were able to let off a bit of steam. I'd say more. Well, than right. I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, we we work we work really really hard. Mm. Um, during the week and, uh, and like you say we had that really nice tight bond we went out, we went out more or less every week every yeah. every saturday night we'd either be out in the town or we'd go to chester or go you know manchester yeah. or whatever it, it, it would you you know you, you you respected that little bit of freedom you yeah. got you know you were you're able to give yourself a bit of time to just to just let loose but you knew and then on the sunday Everyone then got together either steam or a, or went to the gym or, or and sort of got 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 yourself ready for a Monday yeah. morning because you know it's gonna be it was gonna be one of those um, sessions that you just wanted to sweat sweat it out or you knew yeah. a hard one was coming. Um, but no, I, yeah, I mean it's it, it's it, it is a culture um, mm. where you 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 look after each other. You know, did, everyone's in that together. Did you get recognised any of you when you went out? You know, kind of. Kind of... I know Wrexham, you know, at that time we, we kind of people, you're more, you know, well-known. I know people now maybe the, the, there's a lot of attention on the team now. And, and so the players are saying they're, they're recognised a bit more. Were you able to just go out and enjoy yourself or were you seen as, oh, that's a striker from Wrexham or that's a winger from Wrexham and, and whatnot? Well, when we used to go out in in Wrexham, yes, you know, mm. there would be the odd sort of double take. That hmm. That was probably... As as um as far as it went, but right. you know there were other occasions where you get sort of the, the ones that would would be going to a game quite regularly. They did sort of know you, and again you get you get looked after in the town. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't a it, it was a, again really unique and very sort of under underestimated environment. You know, it's mm. 
you know, you wanted the one of their own. Uh, you got looked after in that way. It, I've kind of come back to me. You talking about pre-season? We had some sort of tournament in the Isle of Man, like mm. the Isle of Man Festival or something. Which, yeah, when you look back now, is up there with these kind of like Audi Cups and all these other things. The Isle of Man International Festival. Um, yeah, yeah. No, so you know, we were talking a bit about Blackpool that first game, and and you start you you're starting to get starts now in the team. You've you've hit the mm. ground running, a couple of goals, but we we had quite a slow first half of the season you know coming to sort of near christmas time boxing day, we were bottom half of the table we, we yeah. know where we, we you know we kind of i'm looking now at 18th you know on boxing day it was a bit at odds with the the talent we had and and kind of the the, the good spirit it what, what do you think was kind of going wrong it was something like five wins in 20 odd games for for a period um so there was a a, a, a dynamic shift um when when you know a couple of players got introduced, I know that the the, the the squad had to be freshened up and everything like that. But I I I felt personally that before before Ferguson got to the club, um, the midfield was really tight, um, right. and it took just a little bit of adjusting when he came in. Well, obviously, once he got himself established and everyone mm. understood the type of football that he played. It then reverted back, but I think we, mm. when he came in, it, it kind of had, took a little bit of rebalancing. Um, that was just my, again, just my opinion. Now, you know, mm, other sure. people could have saw it differently, but w- once I, again, I, once I got in tune with him, um, you know, there was a few instances where quick free kicks were taken, and you know, the, the sort of reverse passes and stuff like that, where you, you sort of look because you know he's like he, he wants to play those types of types of balls. Um, and in that context, it was it was great to get on the same wavelength, but it took a little bit of time. It did mm. take a little bit of time. Did, was that kind of a view that you felt others maybe had in the dressing room? Because, you know, like Ferguson was eventually the captain for us and mm. big leader, and obviously that success in 2005 in Cardiff. Yeah. You know, did, did he come in with with kind of that leadership? You know, it was quite an older dressing room at that point. As we say, we've still got Brian Carey, still got Phil mm. Hardy, still got Dearden and, and others in there. And Flynn, you know, weren't lacking in leadership and, and veteran status. Did, did he kind of, you know, what, what was he like in terms of when, when he arrived? How did you find him as a person before you really clicked, you know, on the pitch? Um, I think he'd come in to stamp his authority. And he'd come, he'd come in to, to um, you know, he's, he's a leader. You know, he's, great, he's very passionate about it. You know, he, he played for the best best team in the country at the time. So it, 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 it wasn't hard to see the standards that he'd come with. Um, but that those standards, you know, they they were they were mirrored. It just just it just took a bit a bit. Of, you know, we get used to yeah. when you get used to doing football or playing football a certain way, and it changes. To, it, it might only be the smallest of things, and it just takes a little bit. Of, just just takes a little bit of adjusting. He, I think he he got on really well with the senior players because he's just that little bit older and mm. the younger players. And again, I can only speak for myself. So you know, um, sure, other players, sure. other play, other players will have certainly had a different view, possibly about it. But for me, just took a little bit of adjusting. That's all. Mm. You know that 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 season we've kind of got these these bad results up until Christmas time. What what was Flinny like? Was was he kind of quite high when we won, or was he? You know, did he leave the kind of ranting and raving to Kev uh, Kev Reeves, or how did that dynamic work as a kind of? manager assistant and, and like I say with all these veterans was it a case of leave the players to it and, and they'll make their own kind of condemnation of it if you know what I mean well there was there was a there was a game and it really, really sort of resonates and springs to mind we, we played Luton away um, mm. 
and we were we were two 0 down at half time. Yeah, and then he come in. He said, you know, he he didn't say anything. He literally he was quite quiet. Um, and he went, this could be this could be three or four. Um, he, he was he was like he had a, he had a, he had a way of just, of just sort of shuffling his feet a little bit, looking down, sort of tapping his feet. Um, and you knew he was just waiting for you to understand the thought, just give you that space. I think, I think space from a manager is really important just to let the players sort of digest what's just happened, you know, and, and, and to almost galvanize a little bit. And it, it was quite unique in the sense that when we went out after half time, we conceded the third, mm. and then something just switched. And it was it was like crikey, you know. I mean, I ended up scoring. I mean, I, I scored nine goal in that game. Yeah, it sort of me, it <laughs> yeah. hit me square in the face and went a goal. Um, but I scored the first, and I remember Fergie scoring the winner. Um, I think it was Fergie or Chris Killen. Yeah. Um, but once we scored the first, you just knew that there was something special going to happen. That's probably one of the best um, examples of how sort of managing a team without sort of saying a lot and just yeah. doing. Just, just making sure. I mean, Reeve, I kept, kept said quite a bit, you know, in terms of, you know, in terms of motivation. But you know, Flynn was or Gaffer was always quite, quite composed, and you know, he was logical, quite together. Um, can't remember him actually losing his rag too much. Um, wow. In that sense, he's, you know, he's. Uh, no, I just can't. He's quite considered, losing. isn't he? He's quite considered, isn't he? And I think. Yeah. But before we really drill down on that Luton game, which top of my notes, really, you know, it, it, it doesn't feel a coincidence that many players who played under Flinney have gone on to, to have solid managerial careers. I mentioned Ferguson, who, who's gone on and, and had a good career as a manager. Mm. You know, Steve Cooper is doing well now at, at, mm. at Nottingham Forest. And, you know, I know he comes and watches the team still when he can. The, the, you know, there's others that, that have worked with him. Brian Carey's gone on and done some coaching and, and does some scouting now. It, Definitely no coincidence that a lot leaned into Flinney and learned from him. Went, like you say, when to pick your moments. But he, he's decided at Luton, we're 2-0 down. He's decided that he's not really going to say too much. Let's you really realise it. I have to be honest, you speak to people who went to Kenilworth Road, not one of our favourite places to go as a Wrexham fan. Mm. The third goes in and, and we think that's, that's probably it. Okay, uh, are, yeah. you, are, you, are you saying that on the pitch, you, you lot on there thought, did you you know you did definitely didn't think it was game over or, or was when it when that no. when we got one back that you felt like we're, we're, we're onto it here now we're, we're going to be able to pull off the remarkable we need we, we needed we needed a um we needed an accelerant we needed we needed we needed a touch paper to be lit um and that's what was that, that's what was missing and when we lost it i'll come back to the hereford game that's what was missing yeah. in hereford that book that blue touch paper and that and that respect that you 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 drive for when you've got a manager you you want to play for and you want to do a lot for is you 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 will not allow what you do to 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 let that person down because of how much how much they that they've done for you or trying to do or done for you in the past or will continue to do for you. Sometimes when you get angry and irate, um, you know, and obviously as a parent you kind of know that as well. But it's you you lose some of the messages when you get angry. The message gets lost because the anger takes over and you shut down as a person when you when someone shouts at you because mm. you, you feel like a child but when everything's considered and everything's sort of calm and calculated 
you then pick the bones from it and you find ways to 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 just implant 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 that that little little suggestion that yeah. you know that this this isn't over by a long shot you know and, that, and that's probably where you look at him as a manager and, and probably as a player you know you 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 saw that you saw those elements and those characteristics and those those qualities from him you know that that season if we sort of just recap the league it it was it was it was a good season all in all you know we came sort of 10th 11th mid-season but what many people remember from that 99-2000 was the FA Cup and we get and play Middlesbrough mm. in the third round but but actually it's important to remember that we beat Rochdale 2-1 and you scored the winner if I remember mm. right I think you scored the winner against Rochdale to set up that sort of and Middlesbrough were a big spending team at that point you know they oh, had yeah. Janine, Janino, I think it might have been Mark Schwartzer in goal that was trying to keep you out. You know, some big names in there. Pallister uh, was playing. Gascoigne yeah, Pallister. You know, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, Gazerable. So, you know, before we get on to Middlesbrough, that Rochdale game, you know, not as glamorous, admittedly, but no. it was really hanging in the balance, that one all. And 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 you you fancy, did you always feel that in the cup, especially given our not so recent history, not, you know, not so distant history at that point when we beat an Arsenal, the cup's very important to Wrexham and to this oh, yeah. day it is. And, you know, it's very important to Flinney. You know, anyone that speaks to him knows how important the FA Cup is and it's, the magic's not lost on him. You know, what was that like in that game where you're thinking we can really set up a, a glamour third round tie here? I think um, it, it's what it's, I, I work a lot with, with, um, with nerve subconscious, you know, all, all the types of meditative stuff to calm people down. And I mm. work sort of with, with lots of different people on, on how to control you, that, that inner demon, that inner doubting demon that, that sort of has a, has a, has a tendency just to pop up every now and then and, and, and ruin your life. Um, but it, but it, it's, you know what, you, call, you can call it professionalism, you can call it, you know, um, resilience, you can call it standard, you can do call it whatever you want. But there's, there's there's just something that's there that just just provides that just that little bit of balance at the right time to give you the, the opportunity to do or or to, to just just to get it over the line. And I think in those circumstances you can't you can't put your finger on it. You can't explain. It's not tangible. It's not remember, rememberable. It, you just know that you found it from somewhere and it managed to, it made, and it came off for you. And that I think is what you what you get when you 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 sort of find yourself rehearsing quite a few times in terms of how you see things and how you want things to go. Mm. You, you, you can see it happening so much. Then, and if everyone's seeing the same thing, eventually it will, it will come, it will come true. So we, we get through that Rochdale game sort of by the skin of our teeth, really. We, we squeeze through that. We get that glamour tie against Middlesbrough at home at the race course. Mm. We've got a big, big, big expectation on, and, you know, a big crowd and, and, and we're going to get to see some really star players. Like I say, Janino, you're saying Gaza and others. I mean, what was that experience like going into the game and, and your memories from that game? Um, the, the week building up, I think Football Focus came in and did an interview yeah. with Brian Carey and, and Rob, Robin Gibbo, Gibson and myself. Um, and it was... It was it was it was a little bit surreal, if I'm honest with you, because it was you know we 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 hadn't we'd, we'd had nothing like that there. I, I the, only, the only experience or the only thing I could probably assimilate to to that was um, was playing against playing at Celtic um, and that feeling of sort of having a big time. Even then, I, I wasn't starting the game, so starting in that capacity was was a real was a real joy. Um, 
and and, and, and I mean, I, I, I had significant nerves. I think everyone did, um, and I think that sort of sort of impinged, you know, impinged me a little bit. But it was just a great experience. Um, obviously, one I'll never forget. And obviously, with the result going the way it went, it, it just sent us into hysteria. It was it was it was great. It was unbelievable. Yeah, because you know they obviously get the goal, and it's kind of the the, the team you're expecting to go on and win mm. the game. All the pressure was on them. And in a way, you know, Arsenal, are, with all due respect to Middlesbrough, a bigger team, but it, it had shades of that, you know, kind of no, no pressure on us at all. And and to see it swing in our way, a, a massive win. I mean, do you remember the celebrations to that night where the players go out together or, or was it, you know, was it more low-key than, than you, from your memory? Um, you know what? I actually can't remember what we did yeah. afterwards. I think, you know, it was... Um, yeah, that 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 was quite quite a blur. If I'm honest with you, not 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 in that sense. Um, not in that sense, yeah. I, I I can imagine it. You know, we we did that. We did go out for a drink, but sure. I, I I just I simply sure. I, just, I can't I can't remember the night. Well, it was, it, yeah. So we get through, and we're, we're kind of we're on, we're on cloud nine now. We've mm. been a, a really good team, and like I say, people think now what Middlesbrough are like. Got to understand that at that point they were the real big team. At that point mm. they were you know Europe and that sort of thing. Then to go out to Cambridge in the manner we did was was a real disappointment, wasn't it? Just just the way the way we sort of bowed out the competition, having done so well in, mm. in the previous in the previous round. I don't know is that that how it felt in in the dressing room. I know losing is always like that, but oh well, I mean, uh, it was that ultimately was what it was, and it kind of had the same feelings of the Her- that Hereford game. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, when, when, I think whenever you go out in the cup, there's always that anti-climax anyway, because you know that's, that's ultimately the end, of the end of the road. But this one, you know, having not, known that we, we, we were more than capable of seeing them off comfortably as well, you know, we'd, we'd mm. beaten them um, in previous you know, seasons or we'd, 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 we'd beaten them before. And then to, to lose them in that manner was was um, yeah it, yeah it was just almost like you had the whole everything was everything was expended for Middlesbrough and then you get to play against this team and you, there's just nothing in the tank there's no resolve there's no there's no like burning desire to 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 save a situation it just felt like a, a bit of a whimper and and for sort of the rest of your time at Wrexham to sort of wrap up the FA Cup but we never really got go, the engine never got started again really did it no. you know in in the in the coming seasons it was we didn't get a run to the third round or you like I say that to the Hereford one was really the one that got on TV and and we dominated that game you know that was kind of was that your second or third season I think it might have been the you know, what was that one that was that that the was second that season two thousand the third uh, one maybe two thousand and one the Smith yeah. yeah I, yeah, and, Smith was uh, in charge, yeah. And, and so, you know, we're fast forwarding, but for the cop, you know, that was I mean, like we, we were joking actually before we, we came on about you sort of a header, if we want to call it that. I mean, we'll we'll put the clip up on on social <laughs> on on Twitter of, of just the, the game. You know, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, of the of the game and, and they you know, Gary, it's quite surreal to see, you know, for, for young fans, we don't see Wrexham on TV very often. So to see Gary yeah. Lineker, Alan Hansen and and uh, Mark Lawrenson dissecting Wrexham, slightly odd for some of the younger fans, but that mm. was, it just seemed like everything was conspiring against us that day, away from home, you know, their keeper had probably the game of his life, I think, and, and yeah. fair to say, he, he sort of launched his career with that. That was that, that must have been up there with one of the low points in terms of the FA Cup experiences at Wrexham. I think, 
it, it just to associate some feeling with that game, um, I think there was a massive lull based on the fact that uh, that the gaffer had left. You know, he'd mm. gone that previous season. It wasn't long into the season we played that game. But I think, I think it was was that, it was just after Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, the first round. So um, he left in the summer, didn't he? And, and or just after, the, yeah. It, it was it was such a, a short period of time. Um, to get used to a new, a new manager, a new way, new information, new styles, and I and you know I'm, I'll, I'll be honest, and I am I am honest that you know my head my head had already been turned, yeah. Um, in that sense, uh, not in a in um in in any other way than than you know being spoken to and 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 being sort of um, coached in a in a way that I was un, I was I wasn't used to. You know, Kev Kevry's really sort of looked after the forwards, you know, he's really sort of focused on what he's doing. And to not have that, um Kevin Russell was his assistant and it and it, it was hard to see him as as a coach as opposed to a player. Um and I think I think a lot I think that to me was was probably one of the most difficult transitions. And I was only a young player anyway. Mm. But then but then looking at it, looking back I was a little bit disappointed with myself, if I'm honest with you, towards the end yeah. of that period because, you know, what I'd been through with that football club or with Wrexham to just be that way um, just because a new manager come in was a bit, was a bit soft, um, if yeah. I'm honest with you. It hasn't, you know, I'll be honest with you, it hasn't sat well, but just in the context of it, you know, I think I needed a challenge and I wasn't, he wasn't challenging me. He was he, I was kind of in the team because, um, you know, I was, um, I had, I had a bit of a reputation. He put me in, and it was almost like it was we were, we were just there. You know, I, I had no, um, there was, there was, there was no, what's the right word? Um, challenge coming back. I was, I was yeah. in there. I wasn't on, it wasn't on, wasn't on merit. It was on, it was on my, on my past. So yeah, that to me was, was it was just a difficult, a difficult and challenging period for me. Yeah, but. but- let me tell you what, before we get on to the exit and, and, and I've got some things Dennis said at the time and, and, and what was said, you know, in terms of agents and whatnot. Let, let's go back to, to the good times. Flinny, you've had your first season. Yeah. You've, you've come in, you've come in as you've come in essentially, let you say, as a fifth, fourth, fifth choice striker. You've made yourself undroppable at this point. You're scoring goals. You finished top scoring that first season, mm. double digit in goals. And uh, is it funny when I look back because we ended up winning, we finished the season winning the the FA the FA Wales Premier Cup we beat Cardiff, which you know is, yeah. is something we don't get now. We don't get that, and I know second season we beat Swansea. Um, you look at it that, that that second season we get that Trinidad, the import of the yeah. Trinidadian, the Trinidadian lads, Emad Bunani's in there as well, and, and you see Carlos Edwards, uh, Hector Sam comes in there. One of the first things that we look at in that season in the preseason was friendly against Man United. Yeah, and I know that you know. And, and we're talking not just talking Man United's kids. We're talking Ryan Giggs oh, is there, Dwight Dwight York, you know, others that are yeah, David Yap Heen, Stam. others. Yeah, oh, Yap Stam, I think was an, another one, the later one, the, the very first one that we're talking about. Oh, the first one, yeah. You know, is, is is just to talk about you know Man United, and I know, like you say, then we play them in January, and because the first one was a bit of a dead rubber, not, nothing really happened. It might have been mm. nil nil or one all, but the second one in that season. Was four four and you scored, yeah, yeah. and you scored, and that was, <laughs> and that was. I'm trying to think. It was in, that was Teddy Sheringham, I think, and Andy Corvsy, Mark Bosch, um David May. That was some bigger names again. Yeah. You know, at that point, you played. At that point, you played Teddy. You played against Terry in terms of strikers. You played 
Dwight York, Teddy Sheringham, wingers like Ryan Giggs. I mean, what was that experience like? Did you get much kind of uh, conversation with them? Or what was that like? That was unreal. I mean, I remember because um, I think uh, he, he 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 split the the defense up. So I think first half he had um, Ronnie Woolwork and mm. he had Stam. Yeah. And then he had David May and Henning Berg um, in the second, and I, I or think it, or whichever way it what round it was. And I've got a picture of me against Yap Stam, and I'm, yeah. I'm 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 looking at it, and I'm just thinking, wow, that's that's. Um, I mean, someone might say, is, is that is that is that you in Yap? And I said, yeah. And he said, but is that blimey young? I'm like, yeah. Um, I said, would you believe we drew that game four all? And they're like, no. I said, yeah, I scored. I, I, I remember lobbing Mark Bosnich from about yeah. 25 yards. Um, and it's, yeah, just, just that, that those memories, again, you think, crikey, Ferguson was in the stands. He had, he had probably like 70 or 80% of his first team squad playing in whichever half it was. Mm. And you're like, wow, you know, because I remember he, he brought Rude Van Nistelrooy um, yeah. play one of his first games against Man- against against Rex. So I think we played him three times in total. Three times, yeah. Yeah, um, and the last time I remember Stevie Thomas smacked one in from about 25 yards in the top corner um, in the game against Ruben Nisteroy. Uh, I, I, I didn't play in that game. I was in That third one, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, yeah, uh, crikey, these, those experiences were, were unreal. You know, I yeah. mean, you, you, you go to a football league club that's associated with with playing against sort of Premier League clubs. You know, I played I played playing some some really good teams, some really good players, sort of just on the just either on the peripheral or, or their height the height of their careers. And it is it's surreal because you're playing against players that have, that have, that are up, that are you know the best in the world, and you know you're playing you know in the same in the same um, on the same field. It's yeah, surreal, absolutely surreal. Yeah. That but then but then when you play. That to me, then that all that's gone. You don't see the player. You just see it, you, it's a game of football. Yeah. I mean, once you start looking at the players and who that player is, you're done. Because if you start associating the personality with it, then you think, well, how can I compete with this? Mm. If you just see a player, then you know, no as a graces, you start tearing around and, and napping, you know, rat, ratting around them. You know, it, it becomes a bit of a different different animal. That that third one, you were talking like you know the caliber of player like Juan Sebastian Veron, mm, you know, so, yeah. you know, and now Man United manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. You know, they, in fairness, in credit to Sir Alex Ferguson, that he, he never sort of just shut the kids out. I know that there was you know there was a good relationship between the clubs with Darren being there, yeah, and and you know Fergie would watch. He was in the, in the stand for the Middlesbrough game, for example. Yeah, Man United, Man United set out the cup that year, didn't they? After after winning the treble, um, did did did, did the squad ever sort of get any get any you know to speak to Fergie in that sense or or in that Man United game did he got any sort of memorabilia or any any memories off the pitch you know with it were they very not, you know airs and big prima donnas or were they with actually got stuck in and enjoyed it you know kind of yeah, stam and all these these players like that crikey. yeah I mean they 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 got they're professionals you know they they, yeah, they did what yeah. they did you know I mean just right 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 the way back to when I first started as as a teenager, as a YT, you know the, the when he, when when Fergie introduced the class, of, you know that that those young kids, class of ninety two, you know they were professional. They walked past you and and they were like, "You're right, you're right." They they they, they said they they were there, there were no airs of grace. They but they you know they 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 had a particular way of doing something that didn't give you too much, didn't take too much away. You knew where you stood, and they 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 were schooled. Um, mm. 
and you knew exactly the type of player that he, you know, his philosophy and the way that he played exactly. You could see the, the type of football they played and how they played and the mannerisms they put, you know, that they were, it's, it was, it, they were so identifiable. Um, mm. Yeah, I think the only reason that, um, and I, well, I mean, the memory I've got is just from my parents, really. They, they've sort of sat within two or three seats of, of Alex Ferguson and, and sort of were sort of, you know, head bob and head bob and all that type of stuff. Mm. Oh, my my yeah. mum would be like, oh my God, you know, I did a head bob and he head bob back. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It's a great so, story. Yeah. 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 So um, it's things like that. It's, you know, it made, it made my mum and dad's day, you know, yeah. just watching from that perspective. Because um, I'm, I'm a lifelong Man U fan. So, mm. Um, playing against you know my boyhood heroes um, is you know it's nothing to be sniffed at at all. Doesn't come around very often, uh, especially when they no. were they were really at the, you know with not long won the treble and and then mm. you know they 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 were right up there top of the game. But but looking at our squad in that point, the the Trinidad lads come in and there's loaded been been a load of talk about Brian getting them in and you know Carlos <laughs> Edwards, Hector Sam, not really much known about them in fairness, no. you know outside of they come in. Did they make immediate impression or were they quite reserved? Did they stick together? What was that like getting them in the squad? Because we talked about before getting Fergie involved. Now we were talking about another striker there and Hector Sam, a winger. Yeah. That winger, you know, it was a quite a big difference. Well, you know, first impressions, you know, um, especially Den- Big Dennis, you know. Um, Big Den, yeah. He, um, they, always, always smiling. So um, just have, just really happy kids guys you know they come in just 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 brighten the place up um just with just with their their their, um uh their personalities you know hector was um was 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 such an unusually gifted but unusual player you know he he had Mm -hmm. such ability and yet just frustrated the living doodars at you because you just didn't know what he was going to do you know, he was he was such so off the cuff. He you know he'd smash one in and do really well, and then all of a sudden he'd go down an alley and he'd lose it, and he'd be like, and that's it. Um, but no, I mean I remember spending quite a bit of time with both um, Carlos and um, and Hector, um, and you know Carlos wanted to do some some really good things, and obviously with Dennis now, I think I've read recently that Dennis is 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 now back in is in is in management, isn't he? So yeah. um, it's yeah, really, really good stuff from them. Uh, it, yeah, yeah. What, what's not to like? Mm. How did they find life in Wrexham? Because unfortunately, for I don't, I don't want to break it to people, but Wrexham and Trinidad are very different places. Uh, you know, oh, the Trin- Trinidad and Tobago. We don't quite have the same climate in Wrexham or or any of the kind of sandy beaches or anything like that. So it must have been. It's, I mean, I couldn't think of a more kind of opposite adaptation to make coming to Wrexham. I mean, do they <laughs> do they live? It, it, sort of in this complex or at this point were you living elsewhere what, what was that situation embedding them um, into the community i think they um they, they they were put up in in um in a hotel i think um, right, i can't right. quite remember but he come to training hector be the first one said cold it's cold <laughs> you know and it's like all the time all the time you're like yes hector this is britain <laughs> This is this is Britain, but you know, and he is yes. All we used to hear him say is, "Oh, it's cold." So yeah, um, it, well, yeah. So that was one of, one of the most probably the most overused um, words uh, from Hector. 
But um, but no, like I say, they 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 slotted in nicely. Carlos had such ability, he was such a quick player, um, yeah. really good technical ability, and you know, obviously went on to do great things. Um, it's yeah, you know, they, they it, it was what was needed. The squad needed freshening up. Um, mm. You know, we had players that were coming to the end of their career, like you know, Carl Connolly, I think, was coming to the end of his career, and he needed he needed players to come in and, and change that up. I think um, uh, with with Dennis, it was probably to provide a little bit of cover for Brian because um, he was getting a little bit old and yeah. with, 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 you know, getting a bit senior and obviously with Dave Riddler, um, he, he just, just needed a little bit of something next to him. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I think with, with Hector, um, I think that was based on possibly the thought I might be moving on um, as well. Right. I don't know. Or Neil might be moving on. I think Neil Neil was at Wigan. No, I said Neil left he, for Wigan. He left in 2000 for Wigan, yeah. yeah. So that so that then sort of opened the door to bring somebody else in. I think mm. that was probably where that came from. I think the, the idea to, to have sort of two or three strikers. I think with, 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 with Lowe sort of being a bit of an older player and, and Dayton and Stevens as well, I think he needed yeah. to freshen things up and bring a few younger players in. Hello, me again. Just in case you haven't already, do go back and listen to our back catalogue. There's loads of great chats in there. Jocelyn Maybe, Louis Malt, who else we have in there? Adriano Moak, Curtis Obbing. Loads of great interviews and well worth going back and having a listen if you haven't already. And if you want to find us on social, let us know your thoughts on this chat with Craig. You can find us on Twitter at Rob Ryan Red. And you can email us, robryanred at gmail.com. We will endeavour to get through all of them. Right, back to the episode. So, you know, that second season, again, you know, didn't pull too many airs and grace in the league. And, and like I say, we didn't have a, a cut run. But if we if we look at that that third season, your, your final season with the club, and we make a, I don't know, when you're going into that pre-season, was, were there concerns that, I mean, you obviously got the benefit of hindsight now that we went down, but were there worries early on? Or because we went on a, a bad run and... and you know, we get to that Tranmere game, we get mm. pumped 5 0, we, you know, we get battered really. Um, no other way to sugarcoat it. Uh, and Flinney's shown the door. I mean, between you know, the end of this, we beat Swansea in, in, the, in the FAW Cup, as we said, in, to end that second season. Fast forward to what mid September and Flinney's gone. Mm. And what was that? What was that period like? Because Flinney had, Flinney had been all you'd known at Wrexham, mm. and, and suddenly the, the, the rug's been pulled out from ever, under everyone. Um, the only the only way to to sort of explain when a manager goes is, and this is something that um, that I've I personally have struggled with with other teams where managers have gone, you know, because you you feel rather than sort of, sort of going a bit inward and sort of making sure you're right and everything's fine with you, I think I felt, or I think, well, the same personally, you, you feel for the person that's, that's been let go and you have this uh, almost, well, what do I do now? You know, this is this like a like a, the figure that's looked after you, the figure that's been there all the time is gone. Now what? And I think that from that perspective, there's there's almost like this, this sort of bobbing around where I didn't know what direction I was going to go in um, I think there was there was others as well that were sort of questioning what they were doing. Um, my integrity was questioned when Dennis came in um, by a few players, you know. Right. And it, and it, it was it was just for me. It was it was just 
a period of time that I probably would I would would I wasn't particularly proud of how how it all went. If I'm honest with you, there were certain things that I did that I probably shouldn't have done. Um, I wasn't as honest as I should have been. And that's not being honest in terms of an open mouth sense. It's being as honest in your actions. You know, I should have been a professional regardless of what was going on. Mm. And I shouldn't have felt the need to have my body change or body, body language change. But I was only young. I was a kid, you know. Sure, sure. Um, and I've, I've, I mean, I suffered for it going back there afterwards. But it's it was not done in any malice towards the football club. It was done simply as a, you know, when you when something changes or or, you, or the circumstances change, I didn't just didn't know what to do. I was bobbing around. It was um, I've learned since then that you know if something happens. I mean, I learned pretty quick. But as soon as I went went to Wrexham with, uh, sorry, Wickham with um, with Laurie Sanchez getting getting sacked, you, you you don't rest on your laurels. You've got to just just deal with it. So you're talking about. You know, if you speak to some of the other players, like say that, that you weren't alone, probably in, in being questioned at that at that time. But was that a kind of was it a, a dressing room row? Was it a veteran player pulling you aside? I mean, like I say, we had plenty of older players even at that point, even in that sort of third instalment. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look back now, you've been very honest about you. You're not proud of of, of what happened, but mm. were they some of the sort of the toughest conversations you've had? With the teammates, because before that we'd we'd had pretty much good good runs and and, yeah. and and successful seasons. This is your first sort of experience of yeah, you know, potentially, I mean, he, potentially being accused potentially being accused of downing tools by by some. You know, yeah, if that's I'm, the way to look at it. Well, I mean, I certainly didn't. I I certainly didn't have it consciously. You know, I still yeah. trained hard. I I put everything in, but there was just I had this nagging thing, and it and it just affected my focus and. Only now, when you reflect, you can understand what that feeling was. Um, but at the time, I just, I, you know, I, I just didn't, I just didn't, couldn't understand it. I had no energy. I had, I had no motivation. It was, um, it sapped everything. It took, it took it, removing somebody who who basically given me the the who lit the blue touch paper for my career, and given me the opportunity to really sort of establish myself as a professional footballer. I was gone. You know, left the club. And, and 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 with that, um, it just took it took it took more than I thought. And I, I tried to say at the time, I didn't I didn't really understand it. Were you suffering for it off the pitch in terms of you just your, your mentality and you, in, in a way you you know were you enjoying your football at that point? I can't imagine. I wasn't. You were, no, no. I wasn't. No, no, no. I wasn't. I wasn't enjoying my football. Um, I, I I was I was looking at. Other, I was starting to look around. I started to look at other people. I started to look at other players, thinking, you know, I ain't doing well. He's going in, and then I started to doubt myself. Um, am I good enough? You know, should I be starting? And I, I remember, you know, Truns was there, and uh, Morale was there, and they, I think they, they Morale played in a in a cup game, and he he bagged something like seven goals or something in a game. I was it against and, Merthyr Tidville? Yeah, against yeah, eight goals, yeah. And I, um, I looked at it and I thought, oh, God, he'll be in soon. You know, I'm done. And then, I, you know, reassurance from Kevin Russell saying, no, nah, it's just a cup game, Craig. You know, leagues are, leagues are different. But that's just somebody trying to give, give you the reassurance to almost kick up the backside. You're all right. But it just, I just didn't, I just couldn't, you know, it's like the slide, the sides were slippy. I was fighting mm-hmm. as, 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 as much as I can, but I just, I just couldn't get it, couldn't get a grip of it. 
Um, it's the best, probably the best way to describe it. It was very, it was just an uncertain time. Um, and, and like I said, I think with 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 other, and we we were such a young squad, um, and the squad that was around us was young. We were we were running out of senior players that were sort of leaving and, and sort of moving on. Um, and it was in danger of becoming a senior player, <laughs> yeah. um, just at the age of twenty three. And it and it, it you have to say it's. I mean, you know, I look back and I, and you know you kind of go, what the hell were you doing? You know, you, you're still a professional footballer. You still have a, have an obligation, you know, and just just remove, you know. But then, if you think about it from a mental health perspective, you know, if somebody's got confidence issues and anxiety and stress, the last thing you tell them is to get a grip. The last thing you tell them is to try and encourage them or say, "What the hell are you doing?" Because it just it just has it's it, it's like putting a block on something. You, there's no way to remove it. Um, and at that time, it was you know no one really knew about how you know how to how to change somebody's confidence, how to how to remove a block of well, this person's gone. So what? You're still here. This is what you need to do. That 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 message hasn't changed. So there was there was um, some work that I need that needs to happen. And I, and I took it with me. I, to be fair, I took it with me anyway. You know, it wasn't like um, I left the club and it was all honky dory. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of that that period is 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 um has sat with me for a long time um and not sat well just because i could just couldn't put my finger on the fact that i i just needed to say you know what it's all right he's gone mm-hmm. but you're still okay it's not your fault that he got he, he yeah. lost his job um i was almost trying to convince everyone it was my fault by playing right. rubbish and continuing and almost vindicating the fact that well just because he's gone things aren't going to get better um that do you remember is, do, do you remember then that that uh, that you know we obviously lose that tramway game did did he give a speech were you expecting were you expecting him to to get the boot then was that the mood think, in the dressing room I, and have you, yeah. have you kind of spoke have you you've had, you've had any contact with him sort of after no. after he'd gone no I think he, he was he come in and said said his goodbyes in the week. Right. Come in come in and, and that was it really. Um and I know, you know, obviously Kev moved on as well. Um the only one that stayed was was um Joey. Um yeah. Joey didn't change at all. Joey Jones didn't change at all. And it was it was kind of you know for the odd game or two where you find your feet, you find a little bit of spark and you can do it and it, and everything seems to be fine. You know, it was it was kind of based on him really because he was the only one that sort of was there that on uh, a senior capacity. Um, but even that, you could say it was it was just one of those situations and periods that wasn't very nice to experience. Before we get on to the, the nature of the exit, just a word on Joey. We've said on this podcast before that you know there'd be no happier people for us, uh, you know, at the club if if Joey got a statue or got recognised, you know, mm. at, at the ground. He's he is the definition of a legend at this football oh, club, yeah. and you know you you were fortunate enough to to work with him, work under him. Oh, yeah. What what was he like? I mean, I'm sure you can like other players can speak so highly of him. Joey Joey was um, <laughs> um, <laughs> there was a couple of occasions. Um, so I'm just a young lad, you know. We play against Chesterfield, you know the Reeves brothers. Yeah, yeah. So you know him well. So the centre half, centre forward. So the centre, the centre forward was a bit of a handful. The centre half was a nightmare. Um, just a really horrible, horrible centre half. Just bully boy, you know. And 
Um, I remember playing him um, against him at home and I just won everything against him, just completely just annihilated him in the, in the air. And he, and he went to fight me. He was like, right, half time, you're getting in the tunnel. And I was like, what? So, you know, and I pop a shit massage. I run over to the bench and I've gone, Joey, he's, uh, he's, he's going to get me down the tunnel. He went, he went he ain't doing that, mate. He ain't doing that. So he started to walk down the uh, down the touchline. As the half time whistle went, I've sprinted off down the tunnel. Reeves has sprinted after me, and Joey's come down as well. And it's just like he, he literally's turned around and he's gone, yeah. Um, and that was it. it, it I, I've gone in and shot in, and there was a, there was a conversation, and they've gone off to their changing room. Um, and he then. He, he, or the way best way to describe him is is with with a veteran or an older player just trying to intimidate a young kid. There was nothing going to happen. I think it was just a case of just trying to stop me doing what I was doing. But at the time, I had no knowledge of what could have gone on and what was going to happen. Um, so I just got out of the way and Joey handled it, which was uh, pretty much how everything happened around the club. If it was a problem or anything needed sort, and Joey was there, he picking up. Joey was there. If you needed um, a kick up the backside, Joe was there. Um, basically, Joe was there, um, and that was that was how he how he was seen. And like I say, he just what he he what he, he walked on air. He was just just a proper proper decent guy. Yeah, Joe, you know Joey Jones, an unbelievable man, and he and he's done it. He seems to have done every job at the club. I think probably been second. He's just done everything. Um, yeah, and 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 we owe a lot to Joey for, for what he's done. And like I say, had an incredible career, and he. Never had any airs or graces about him. He still no, doesn't now, no. you know. He's 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 always he's always shown a lot of love to Wrexham and never scoffed. You know, he'd been at Liverpool and they've had a banner yeah. in, in the cop at Liverpool and 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 he and you know him and Mickey Thomas and others have, have always remembered Wrexham, which means a lot. Mm. We think about y- your exit then. You know, you you become one of the main strikers for us. You know, top scorer in two of the yeah, seasons yeah. or you know. Uh, you know, if any of the younger listeners are, are listening, do go back and, and see if you can find that picture of Yap Stam and and, uh, and Craig. And you know, it, it's it's easy to forget for some of the ones that maybe didn't get to watch you that much. You, yeah. you were really really top of the tree for us before you went. And I know Dennis came out at the time and said that they'd offered you a three year deal, which mm. you know he'd said that you you'd chosen to decline. And obviously, op- the the optics of that from a fan perspective is obviously that you know you'd walked away from the club he'd obviously made the decision to, to leave and, mm. and and what Dennis said was it, it, it he suggested it was it was it was a money orientated decision that the, the figures that they believed they were going to get you on weren't the case can you sort of open up on on the exit was it a case of you'd once Flynn you'd gone you, you, your head just wasn't in it for, for for the kind of the the future under Dennis Smith so um I I I had an agent at the time. I, I, I think that was quite, um, quite sort of well known. Um, and he kind of frequently came to the club. They were based in London, based in Barnet, so it was mm. it was um, sort of quite quite a task to see them um, as much as I wanted to. And when you talk to when you talk to agents, they, um, I mean, I've got a lot of time for the agent that I had. Uh, and and obviously the partner that he had at the time as well, and now he's gone to do his own thing, uh, his, his own agency. Um, I, I I kind of moved my not my allegiances, but my um, the support 
sort of package that I had from a manager to an agent, which is a quite dangerous thing to do based on um, on a number of things because agents need to get paid. Agents need to sort of find themselves, um, uh, you know, to, 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 to move players around and make sure players are happy. I mean, they knew I wasn't happy but they didn't. I couldn't tell them how or why I wasn't happy. It wasn't. It was never. It was never a money orientated deal. It was based on a fresh start. And the only club that came. I mean, Wickham tried to sign me probably two or three seasons, and it was turned down. And one of the one of the things that annoyed me um, about the football club, um, and it was probably one of the only things that annoyed me about Wrexham was there were two two offers. Uh, that came in um, uh, from from Premier League clubs. Well, I know one 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 certainly from a Premier League club um, because he he became or the manager of that club became the manager of Wickham, and he then told me um, finally I get to manage you uh, as I've been told no before by by one of your previous clubs, and. It wasn't a case of knowing it at the time because I knew at the time Middlesbrough were kind of sniffing. Uh, Brian Robson had um, had been to watch me a couple of times. I knew he'd, he'd changed. He'd gone for Armstrong, a different type of striker to me. Um, and it was... I didn't feel as though things had been as honest as they could have been. Um, and I didn't know what, in that context, you know, where I stood. Again, it's... You, you get told a lot of things, right? You get told from agents, you know, this has happened, that's happened. Um, maybe you should consider this. Maybe you should consider that. Nothing in any in any way, shape, or form. Right, stay where you are for now. It's good for you. I wasn't being told that. Again, just being a young young kid, you listen. You know, you, you just you know, right? We'll see. We'll, we'll we'll leave it. We'll leave it. We'll leave it. We'll leave it. And as the season progressed fortunes didn't change and it got it just got to a point where I was offered a, offered a, offered a deal or a pre-contract at, at, um, at uh, Wickham and Laurie Sanchez had, had kind of made it sound like I would I was indispensable I was coming in as the next phase to get them into the championship and they wanted to, you know, they'd had FA Cup money. They, you know, they beat Leicester in the FA Cup the previous season, had a bit of money, and they wanted to invest in players. And I was one of those players to take them forward into the league. And I looked at the situation, I thought, right, if we go down, and if Wickham can potentially go, that's a two-league jump potentially, and that could be a, a level of football that I would like to play at. Um, I mean. The money that was that was branded about was irrelevant. It really was. I mean, at the time, I, I didn't. It wasn't a case of of wanting more money because Wrexham was a relatively cheap place to live. It wasn't a case of you know earning a million quid. It was enjoying what you do, and if you don't enjoy what you do, or it's not possibility to to be challenged. And I always use the word challenge because you know I didn't feel as though I'd been challenged, even though we were poor, or the, the performances were poor. Um, I didn't feel challenged. And that, it coupled with some of the information that was coming in, made you know, it made my mind up to 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 seek a fresh start. Um, and as it turns out, it just, you know, the grass is never greener. Um, no, never no. greener. You know, and 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 that probably was the nagging thought in my head of, 
wanting to get away, I should have said, you know what, thanks very much for your advice. Um, I should I should have stayed. But then you know, you, you don't know that. I again you look you look you look at it from a, a glass half full, half empty status, you can say it was a good decision at the time because mm. the possibility of playing higher was there, the possibility of dropping was there. So you've got to look at it from that point of view. In hindsight, you've got to say, well, hang on a second, it wasn't a good decision because that didn't happen. In fact, that happened. And then that didn't happen. And that happened. Um, and ultimately, I ended up losing my career based on an injury. So you, you, you look at it and you go, okay. So, mm. and then my agent now is nowhere to be seen. Um, and I'm now, you know, obviously, I'm, we're talking when I'm 28, 29, mm. you know, my career is sort of now at a point where it's fizzled and, and come to an end because of it, because of injury. I look back and go, who would have looked after me at that point? Wickham, Wickham didn't look after me. You know, at the end of three years, that was me done. You know, I had no affiliation. I'd done nothing for them. Mm. You know, after two years and possibly maybe another two or three years after that, possibly Wrexham would have been able to give me something that, that Wickham weren't able to. Mm. Um, so again, you look at it, you reflect, you do. There's damaging thoughts that potentially you could have had something different. But, you know, that's life, isn't it? You know, you make yeah. choices. You, you, you're informed at the time. That's, you know, you yeah. you were given information at the time, and what you do with that information, you make a decision. And at the time, it was based on could have potentially played higher. Yeah, they were dropping lower. You know, um, and that was it. And you're a young player at the time as well. You got mm. you got to understand that you've you've become a a free scoring striker. You've you've been a top scorer. You know, your stock is very high. As you say, mm. you, you you know, it, it must have been frustrating to have learned that maybe there were Premier League offers which you know every player would would jump at well oh. I mean put, put it this way I, I didn't know about Middlesbrough until I'd yeah. left yeah so, so that yeah so that that didn't influence any decision no no but when uh, once I, I'm saying once saying once yeah. you left that yeah the the, the 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 sort of delayed frustration that yeah. you know in in but but talking about the the, the leaving yeah you know am I being kind of unfair to, you know did you did you respect after working with Flinney, did you respect Dennis Smith at that time, do you think, as a coach and as a manager? Or did you feel like you there was a block there? There was a block. Yeah. You felt like there was, the, that, there was no relationship between there was no mm. real rapport between you. Was that is that fair? I think he tried. I think he tried. I I I I just the the hard the hardest thing to, to associate is with a feeling from from that far in the past. The only feeling I had was that this person's coming to a place and it's different. And I associate the difference in performances, results. Didn't give it a chance. I just didn't, we just didn't give it a chance, you know, and there was, there was, there was so much, and you just can't, you, you can't, and you, and to be fair, you, you can't have rose colored glasses, you know, over the years or the first two years, it wasn't perfect, but we had, we had that, we had a camaraderie. We had that, that, that sort of togetherness a band of brothers type thing where it was, it was easy to get in the trenches and, and do things. It just didn't seem like there was enough of that, that, that around when we, when we needed to get in the trenches after that, um, you know, you just can't put, you just can't put your finger on it. It's, it's yeah. a, it's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough here, especially, you know, I, I haven't visited this for crikey nearly, nearly 20 years. Um, you know, it's, well, probably 20 years, isn't it? So what, yeah, because I'm, yeah, I'm 43, 20 years, really. So it's, um, it's a long time ago. 
but you know what the feelings are, I remember the feelings I remember the feelings of, of being a little bit lost you know I needed a little bit of help a little bit of guidance um, and it was an environment that that at the time didn't have that personnel didn't they weren't they weren't there you know you you had to have something about you to pull yourself out of that um, but you also need to identify what you were pulling yourself out of and at the time I didn't I couldn't identify with that. I had enough fight about me crikey you know throughout the whole of my life you know you fight and you you recover from things you have resolve and you know your ups and downs but you certainly have enough about you if you can see it if you can see what's there you can see the problem you can work it couldn't see it. it was a silent one it was in my it was in the back of the back of my head it was something i've never experienced before i've not let, i've let... not experienced it let, let's do some kind of quick fire questions about some of Go your on. teammates then so who was the strictest teammate you had you know training ground standards who, who was up there for, for being the strictest strictest blimey um Oh God, you're challenging me now, aren't you? Uh, huh. Got a few in there that set really, really high standards, and I'm sure that they say. I know. I, 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 uh, Mark, Mark McGregor, he had he had some standards. Ridley, mm. you, know, you defenders. I mean, Phil, Phil, Phil Hardy, he had he had some yeah. um, some standards. Gazo in good standards. Um, Darren Ferguson, good standards. Who, who was the Brian, worst? Brian Carey. Brian Carey. Worst, worst, who was the worst, worst. dressed? There's a few contenders, no doubt. Carl <laughs> uh, Connolly to start with. Not I, that's not the worst, by the way. Um, right. Oh, I, I was I was atrocious. Really? I used to wear really sort of dodgy tracksuits and. What were you rocking in the day? Tracksuits and what? Yeah, I, that's what we're talking. Well, I, I had no, um, I had no fashion sense. Christ, I was, <laughs> I was, I was tone deaf. Of, yeah, you know, I just go out and buy stuff, but you. Uh, buying. So what Hector, but... Hector Sam was more fashionable than you, is what you're telling me. So no, I think Hector was in a league of his own <laughs> on that one. Um Dennis <laughs> um, uh Crikey. There's a few. There's a few yeah, there. There's a few. There's a few. Who was yeah. who was the tightest with money on these nights out then? Who never really wanted to put the hand in the pocket? Um Crikey. I'm, I'm really, put, I'm, I'm really putting you on the spot here with some of these questions. You are. Uh, you yeah, are twenty years. Twenty. I'm testing your memory. Uh, twenty years. Twenty years. Well, I'll let you. I'll let I you think about that one. Then we'll let let you think about that one. What was your favourite goal? These ones about you. Then what was your favourite goal at Wrexham? The what? The one that wasn't given. The one that wasn't given. Remind people then if they didn't mm. if they didn't know that game. That's the one we'll title it. But we'll, we'll so, remind yeah, people. So, so, so there's a header in the hit the stanchion against Notts County, and it and it come out. Um, but no, my best my my best goal was was the winner, well either winner against uh, Bristol Rovers, or um, oh, crikey, um, gotta be one against Man, Man United. But they, 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 that goal didn't count really. I see um, what you mean. So friendly, yeah, it's a friendly because um, I scored. Yeah, crikey, um, again, yeah, score, I scored a half volley in the top corner in my, you know, over over in pre season doesn't count. They don't care. None of them count. In preseason, um, oh so we're going to go Bristol Rovers. You think that winner? Probably Bristol, Bristol Rovers. Rovers. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's that's quite memorable. That one. Uh, that one. That was really introducing yourself on the grand stage. I think yeah, at, at the race yeah. course. You talk about your favourite off pitch memory. You kind of you got an, a story of, of you know you and the lads. I don't know. 
who was kind of the joker of the pack, cooking or, or whatever you hang out? Anything that sticks out from oh, being little, just around Rex? Okay, crikey, yeah, you pulled that one out of the bag. Uh, um, a young lad cooking, I can't imagine you were a culinary genius. Maybe I'm being unfair, actually, Craig, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? We got to remember a night out, crikey. Oh, I do remember that, actually. Jeez. So we, um, um, Stevie Thomas um, was having a bit of grief with someone. Right. Um in, in the town centre. And I've heard him having a round he got surrounded by five five blokes. So I've gone up there and, and sort of sort of said, oh, what's going on? Back back off. Some lads come around and just give me a right thump in the face. Like give me a like pretty much my, my head was out here. Um I don't know how it was squared away. I don't know if they said, Oh yeah, he ran into a post or something. But um no, it was that was that was probably one of the rarest nights out we've had. Oh dear! Um, you, had to, you, had to, yeah. you had to sort of you had to sort of blag that off then to Flinny, just say that you. No, 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 no! He knew. Everyone knew. Oh, he knew. Everyone knew what it was. I, I, not caused the issue. I sure, tried sure, to get, sure. tried to try to get Stevie out, out of um sort of out of out of, out of pasting, and he's shot off, and I'm like, you know, surrounded by these guys. So when I'm thinking, you know, at that point, thinking, oh no, no, yeah. what have I done? So yeah, that was. That was um that was interesting. Um, well, talking of hostile situations, there was that one, but one of the ones on the pitch, I actually forgot. I'd written it down high up and I forgot to mention it, but I've got to because while you're on Millwall at home, mm. you caused an absolute that, that you've caused mayhem, and it, that was actually that was actually after the players had been taken off. So for anyone that that doesn't remember that game, I think it's two thousand and one. About two three thousand Millwall fans come to the racecourse. You know, you know, Millwall have a reputation. I'll, I'll lead you to join the dots yourselves there. Uh, sort of they spill out onto the pitch or they, they sort of spill into the mould road trying to have a scrap. Mm. The players get taken off after about five, six minutes. You come well, we back scored. out. You scored. Well, we, well, scored. we scored before. We, so, no, yeah, we scored so, before, yeah. Yeah, so so the game is reasonably calm and we scored mm. after five minutes. That was um, it. Ball, ball got crossed him and I've scored in front of their fans. So what, so what do I do like an idiot? I'm off celebrating in front of their fans. <laughs> so they've all spilled onto the pitch. Um, and then we've literally gone, oh, crap, we got, we better get off here pretty sharpish. Um, so we've just gone down the tunnel um, and they're on the pitch. So, you know, anything could have happened. So we, we yeah, that was, um, that was, again, that was surreal because obviously everything then got um, calmed down. They were, they were due to win the league and get promoted if they, if they avoided defeat. Yeah. And of course, I scored. Sent it a little bit into and, um yeah, Dragon's yeah. Den Theo Pafitas had to get on the, the PA on the tannoy to sort of ask them to calm it down. You know, he was obviously yeah. involved with Millwall and and so he, he had to sort of cut really surreal experience that yeah, because yeah, oh of, yeah. Yeah, like and, well, we and, were uh, off the pitch at this we were I think we we're off the pitch at this point. So I didn't hear any of that. We we just came sure, out to sure. the game, the game, the game restarting. I think Neil Harris scored um to make it one one, and that was that was how it ended. And they got promoted, so it was it was pretty um, pretty cut and dry in that sense. Yeah. But no, it was uh, yeah. So the, I mean, quite a, few, a lot of stuff goes on in the pitch. You know, we I, I remember I think there was um, a game at Northampton New Year's Day or around New Year's. I think mm. well, probably one of the only times we sort of turned up for Dennis Smith. I think we beat him five one or four something. Right. I can't remember the, the score exactly, but I know probably one of the only times we. In that, in that 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 seat that last season where you know we've um we 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 put a decent shift in um 
uh, from you, you probably correct me if I'm, I'm wrong. I probably, that's that's probably one what, another memory I have. It might be distorted. It might be for mm. another. <laughs> might be for another. Yeah, but it, it, another day. I, I yeah, rem- yeah. I remember sort of sort of being in that, involved in that. Um, but yeah, that was that was another memory. The, that the, I've got. The, the, the last one then, the, the last sort of teammate one. Who was who was the funniest teammate? Who, who did you? Who did you kind of? Who did you kind of have a laugh with the most? Tom uh, Stevie Thomas was was yeah. was hilarious. He yeah. really was. He was he was a good a good a good guy. Um, you know, spent a lot of time with Steve. Um, we had a really good friendship. Um, you know, there was he's quite obviously we used to drink together, we used to together. We went, we went on holiday together. You know, there's there's a lot of things that we did. Um, he was um, one of these guys. He just he's infectious. Yeah, that um, that sort of northern accent he's got. It's um, yeah, he's a really nice guy. Have you have you have you been in touch with him? Um, I've not. We've not. We've not had this. Steve. We've not had Steve on. No, we haven't. We haven't had him on. Uh, do you think he'd be he'd be good to get on? I think he'd have plenty of yeah, stories I'll, for us. I'll, 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 I'll be honest with you. There's a few stories um, he would probably love to tell you about holidays <laughs> and stuff, um, which was which were hilarious. Um, but yeah, we'll, have to, we'll, have, to, we'll quite... have to we'll have to make it happen. We'll have to get him on. And well, get him to play you holidays. Know, Funny thing is, we went to we we went to Ayanapa as a, as a team, um, and he come he come up. We, there's, a, there's a bungee jump in there on Nissy Beach, yeah. um, and oh, um, God. oh yeah. So I've gone up, he's gone up. Um, he bottled it. I didn't. He bottled it at the top, at the very top. He didn't. He didn't want to do it. So we both had a couple of beers before, on the way up. Um, and, and I just, I thought, you know what, I'm doing it. So um, I've got to the top, and you look at the top and you think, what the hell am I doing up here? And they they click the thing on. They said, you ready? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they drop the cable, and it sort of pulls you a bit. And I, and they said, oh, just make sure you jump and you go down. And, and I jumped and and down a 150 foot um, into into um, into Nissy Beach, Nissy Bay. Um, and I came back up, and as I came back up, I came up vertical like this. Yeah. Um, and for anyone that's done a bungee jump, um, the last thing you want to do is come up vertical because sure. you're very close to where the wire is. Um, and if and there was a bit of a gasp because if the wire had gone somewhere else, I could have gone tangled. Sure. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. it was a lot. A lot of things could have gone wrong. Ah, yeah, exhilarating experience that was that yeah, and Tom um, and Tom has yeah. bottled it so we need to get him on basically is what you're telling me well yeah he'll have a different story I'm sure I'm sure but he will I'm sure the, he will the, the conversation we had walking from the lounges to this the um the crane was you can do it yeah oh you get oh, I'm gonna do it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. got there it's like are you doing it now and I'm like oh okay I'm going up he was like <laughs> he's like I'll wear man you're not doing that yeah yes I am so to to round us out then to round us out then Craig, what if you had a, if you had a you know you've got it got a got a platform I know if people Rex and a lot of fans will be listening to this. Have you got a message mm. for the fans about you know any, anything you want to say to the fans about about the, your time at the club, your memories? You know we're talking twenty years back now. You've had to think about these, but you just your final words on on the club. Um, you know what? Um, it's I I, I will always have. This Wrexham will always be the club that I enjoy my football at the most. Um, I've never, I've never enjoyed football or not enjoyed football 
as much as I did at Wrexham. It was where I felt most comfortable. It, it, I felt like I was able to be just me as a player and, and as a personality. Um, and then after, you know, it, it was it was a, it was a, it was a really fond um, period of time for those for those you know for the time it was so for the time it was good. And yeah, um, it, great club, great little club. It, it's it's um, it really is a, a players club and a fans fans players club. It's you know it's really close. Um, and like I said, I, I you know really fond memories. I'd love to come back and and um, and watch a game and, and spend a bit of time there. Um, so I remember the last time I was there, I was it wasn't wasn't very pleasant. But it, it look you know at the end of the day, it's it's. Um, I'd like to have you know continue having fond memories of the place as as, as the memories were really fun. Oh, I'm sure you know we'd love to have you back up at the race course. It's you know a remarkably fun place to be at the minute with, with the takeover and everything. And, oh, crikey, and I'm, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure that I'm sure the memories had come flooding back to you. Well, you know what, really appreciate it, Craig, and and we've really enjoyed some you know some of your stories, and hopefully you've enjoyed reminiscing a bit on on kind of the uh, the, the time at Wrexham and. And the good and the bad, you know, we've had a lot of good in the podcast and, and that's what, we, you know, we should be focusing on. But yeah, uh, a word on anything you're doing now and how you're keeping busy and, you know, what, what you're doing these days, what you're up to these days. So, so I'm, I'm, um, so I'm married, I've got, got kids. So my um, two, two youngest or, or my, one of my eldest. So I've, I've got a 23 year old, my wife had before in the previous relationship, but my old, my eldest who's 10, um he's he's he loves his football he's, he's a fantastic little footballer we we he, he plays in the jpl um that i ma- I, I manage that team in a, in a in a jpl league i run a sports coach or, or sort of run a sports coaching business but i'm kind of morphing into uh more down the mental health route and sort of the, sort of the so sort of some of the things that i've sort of identified really you know it's kind of coming for a little bit full circle is to identify where sort of things go wrong. People come off track all the time and it's been able to put them back on track um, in a way that's, that's, that just that's lim- limits the damage. Um, and that's just where I'm working right now with, with, with sort of ordinary people, ordinary folk that um, sort of day to day that start suffer with anxiety, stress, depression, confidence, all those things. And also sports people at the highest end as well. So people that are struggling with confidence and anxiety and, and, and stress and depression, that is it's that that sort of area I'm working. Um and I love it. It's it's um it's great being able to to sort of untangle some of the mess that people find themselves in through no fault of their own, um sort of unjungle unjungle some of the um the things that have that, that have happened um that through no fault of their own. Um, and just try and give people a, a, the life they, they, they want rather than the life they're given. Um, and it's, yeah, just, just finding that little pathway for them. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. 
That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.